White Sox! White Sox! Go! 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 Call your sons! Call your daughters! Holy cow! Carl Pinsman has put the White Sox ahead! There goes number 400! The big Brad Barry takes the perfect game! His second no-hitter! You can't put it on the board! Yeah! Can it go? Grand slam! A White Sox winner and a world championship! Have all the fun you want, Tim Anderson! This one is... Locked on socks. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey. And the best White Sox talk is on Locked on Socks podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello and welcome back to Locked on Socks. I am Herb Lawrence. Great to be back with Chris Tannehill. Chris, this is episode number 47, I believe. Is that correct? That's right, Herbie. And uh, before we get started today, uh, I just want to address a few things. Uh, First of all, thanks to everyone who listened to the podcast uh, yesterday as I did it solo and tried to soldier through it to talking about baseball happenings that are going on without my partner Herb here. But uh, just to you know, squash any rumors out there. There is no truth to the rumors that that Herb's going to be gone from the podcast, okay? It's just, it was one episode only. Uh, Herb is here to stay, okay? And despite all you people clamoring for him not to be on the podcast anymore, uh, that's just, it's not going to happen. If if anything, we'll alternate episodes so we don't have to do it together. So I hope that that clarifies it for a lot of people. Yeah, I didn't get fired. (laughs) I didn't get suspended. Sorry. Oh, I'm just joshing you, Herb. Everyone missed you. 47. This is arguably one of the worst ones ever. I don't know if you took a look at it or not. I but. took a gander, and yeah, it is the worst one ever. And I have a person I that too. I think is a, is like people know him. Yeah. But they're like, that's the guy that episode's named after? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I would like to hear yours, see if we uh, match up on this. I, I think we're spot on here because I did look at this really thoughtfully, and I was like, okay, well, what makes the most sense here? And uh, so welcome aboard to the Rusty Coons episode. That's a name, not a condition. <laughs> <laughs> Are we on the same page? Uh, was, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, of course, I mean, Rusty Coons, who, who can forget? But I was thinking more along the lines of who – pitched or played well for the White Sox and then if they were traded away brought along with them that player was pretty good himself yeah so yeah so yeah obviously you're talking of course none other than uh than Matt Karchner yes so who of course yielded John Garland in in the another uh, White Sox heist of the Cubs. Uh, this was back in, in 98. Uh, Matt Karshner goes to the Cubs. John Garland in return. Even at the time, people were like, this is way too much. I remember listening to the score. People were like, yeah, we, we love John Garland. This is way too much. But if Matt Karshner works out and he's solid in the bullpen for us, then hey, uh, so be it. But yeah, obviously that, that was a really lopsided trade. And then we're kind of in the midst of another one of those uh, with the Eloy trade. And, you know, we had the anniversary of that this week. So anytime that that birthday comes back around, it's always fun to to talk about that. But, yeah, I, I, I could see Matt Karshner. But sorry, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Maybe we'll have to flip a coin because I'm really going to lobby for Rusty Koontz here because 
he was, of course, on the winning ugly team back in uh, 83. So that there, he's got a little he's got a little edge there, I think. He was on an, uh, an AL West championship team. He was. He was. I didn't know he played for the White Sox. Me I mean, he was, all I knew, he was the Kansas City Royal first base coach. Yeah. That's all the things I knew about Rusty Koontz. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't even know if he's a pitcher or position player or not. So, center, center fielder. You, you guys okay. you guys know him from that meme went around a couple years ago. It's Paul Konerko, Chris Getz of the Royals, and Rusty Koontz, the first base coach. And it's like in, in order, Konerko gets Koontz. And that, that was viral <laughs> for quite some time there. So that's probably where you, you guys and gals may know him from. But, yeah, I, I, I could roll with Matt Karshner. Any, any, any time you can heist the Cubs in a trade and, and get back a, a piece for a championship team, I'm cool with that. And speaking of that, I think we have another piece for a potential championship team. I was watching Dylan C's pitch tonight, and perhaps we'll talk about tonight's inter-squad game in a future episode before the week is out. But D- Dylan C's looked really good tonight, Herbie. Uh, he-, he was nasty, uh, pitching with conviction and sort of just to- mm. he was toying with our guy Yermin a little bit. Uh, mm. He broke him off with like two cut fastballs or sliders, whatever they were, like, you know uh, – chest high and he just froze him solid and then he ran him upstairs with a fastball and made him look silly but yeah Dylan C's look great tonight so maybe another piece coming from the Cubs that will uh, get to uh, get us another World Series but so Herbie California San Diego a whale's vagina right (laughs) I'm just having a little fun here folks that's from a movie (laughs) the Godfather reference yeah um yeah San Diego is fantastic paint us a picture what are you doing right now well right now i'm in the airbnb which is in mission beach uh mission beach just south of pacific beach i think people know a little bit more um just chilling in this airbnb that is literally a block away from the pacific ocean every day that we've been out here we've walked along the boardwalk of mission beach and just you know marveled at the big houses the beach houses and then we've gone into the water a couple times uh, not like actual swimming just putting our feet into the water and uh, feeling that uh, against there it's cold pacific ocean is really cold the water is shockingly cold so um not too much in there um we've uh, hung out in my old haunts which was imperial beach the furthest southwest city in the contiguous night united states and their beach is nice, but the water apparently is uh, filled with sewage. So oh. you're not supposed to be going the water in the Imperial Beach. Wow. And they had signs to show you that it's like, hey, stay on the beach. And then the couple people who were in the water, a couple people surfing and then some children uh, just trying to have some fun. Their lifeguard drove by and told them to get out and wash their bodies with soap and water immediately. Wow. So you're in a, uh, a coronavirus hotspot in California, uh, swimming in sewage-infested water. Sounds like a great place for a vacation, Herbie. <laughs> oh, it's so great. But <laughs> San Diego is fine as far as the coronavirus. They're, it's, they've done things right here in the, in the county. It's a huge place because it's spread out. It's not like the other places, like L.A. County, people are on top of each other. San Diego is like the sixth or seventh or eighth biggest county in the United States, and the people are have some space in between them. And for the most part, the people out here are taking precautions, keeping their distance, wearing their mask, and 
I don't know if the ultraviolet rays help that out of killing this disease, but people are still enjoying the outside. Indoor dining is dead in here, which we weren't going to do anyways because we don't even do that in Chicago. Right. So our whole plans for San Diego weren't messed up. We enjoyed I've enjoyed multiple California burritos. I even enjoyed a, a California breakfast burrito. Now, for the, for the people who don't know, what's a burrito? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think people like I got here would a California burrito be like filled with kale and all this good stuff like avocados and all healthy, but no, a California burrito, uh, San Diego, uh, I think a, a invention. It's a mission-style burrito, just a regular burrito with uh, guacamole, pico de gallo, and we call it in Chicago steak burrito usually, but they use actual carne asada here. It's marinated meat that's chopped up inside the beef, I mean inside the uh, burrito. Then they have fries inside the burrito, Hmm, cheese, fries, sour cream. It's a huge burrito. It's the best burrito I've ever had. It's just in a regular tortilla shell. Uh, Sometimes they grill it on a uh, flat iron to make it a little crispier. But um, it is undefeated. It's usually like $11 because it has so many ingredients in it. But it's well worth it. If you're coming out to San Diego, get yourself a California burrito. And some places do the quesadilla California burrito. And they just wrap a quesadilla around a regular California burrito. And just too much. It's like $15. Just too much cheese, too much stuff. So I've had it one time, and I was like, delicious, but way too much stuff. I was, I've been shortchanged. I, I was in San Diego two summers ago, and I did not have one of those burritos. I think maybe because I just assumed it was like a seafood burrito, which I which I love. Like when you're in Southern California mm-hmm. and you have like a nice, you know, uh, ahi tuna burrito, you know, with all the fixins and you know all that stuff. That that's fine. But I, I forgot that it had all that extra stuff in it. But I guess the the big a uh, question I have for you is, did you get my beer? I did. I have it right in the refrigerator right now. Oh, God. Herbie, get it out of there. How are you going to keep it? Unless you're going to keep it cold until I see you again, which I, I do expect you to do because that is that provides for the best flavor profile if you keep it at a nice, cool temperature until I... We until have I, anything. <laughs> oh, yeah, you have, a, have a, cooler? a cooler? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That'll work. Yeah. Yeah, you should have just yeah, kept kept have- it off to the side. I was gonna say, you know, make sure you don't leave that shit in, in the trunk of your car when you're at your oh, next yeah. stop, you know, because then it'll 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 boil in there. So, but I appreciate. Yeah, it. we're we were not gonna do that. Yeah, it's, we have a little cooler here for our road trip, but yeah, we got some um, swing fryer ale from Ballast Point, and Chris Dickens brought me some Moonman and some uh, Spotted Cow up from Wisconsin. A new Glarus beers, and so I'm gonna get him a California can California Kolsch. Yeah, that's very good. Dallas Point. I had that when I've I was. Never had it. I think when I was at Petco, I had it, or when I went to the brewery itself out there, I had one of those California Kolsches. But very, very refreshing. I could I could see why people out there dig that. Pretty light, summery. Yeah, yeah that's good stuff yeah. right there. And but of course, you know your whole theory about making IPAs. So are uh, what is it? Animal doing something. So yeah. I went to. The Belching Beaver, and got <laughs> their cracky. melon or their yeah, it's their melon style beer, or mango style beer. It's pretty refreshing, but you know, filled with hops, so you still have that hoppy flavor, but a fruity hoppy flavor, if you if you will. And I also got 
a sixer of the, the swinging ale just so I could have it on the way back. And we're going to get some more beer. Of course. Just to tote, tote way back to Illinois. So those are the four beers we have in the refrigerator right now, just keeping cold. Uh, I'm drinking a couple of those melon slash uh, mango beers right now. Yeah, so this, this Swingin' Fryer Ale is from Ballast Point, like you said. It's the big brewery out there in that part of California, and it's a, a, a beer crafted specifically for consumption at Padres games and it just in the greater San Diego area. So it's something you can't get here, and I, I pretty much love everything from Ballast Point, so I had to make sure – I asked Herb to bring me back some, and I'm looking forward to to crushing some of those next time you're back here, and uh, maybe we'll throw something on the grill and and knock those down. But let's take me back a little bit here before we get more mm-hmm. into your San Diego trip, because I do want to ask you about checking out that scrimmage at at Petco. Uh, but so, w- when did you leave for the trip? Just in general, what day did you leave? We left Saturday morning last week. Um, Drove from Chicago all the way to North Platte, Nebraska. Excitement. What's that? What's that drive? Very yeah. What's that drive like? To like is boring as flat, flat as shit. Nothing. Nothing. Like after you get out of Chicagoland area, it's just corn and cows for days. Iowa's boring. Nebraska's boring, and we had to go through pretty much the whole thing of Nebraska, North Platte's on the other side. I mean, there's Omaha when you first get into Nebraska, so it's good to see a city after all that corn. And then you get to go past Lincoln, which is the capital and also the home of University of Nebraska. But otherwise, Nebraska is terrible. <laughs> so is Iowa. Terrible space to drive through. Yeah, I don't remember much about Iowa. I remember we drove through it a little bit on our way down to Kansas City. It was pretty – there was nothing memorable about it, but you know, it doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad thing just because it's not hopping mm-hmm. 24-7 doesn't mean it's a shit state or whatever. But did you guys eat anywhere in Nebraska or you just kind of packed your own stuff? We packed our own stuff. We have a lot of snacks that we were uh, munching on. Then I'm seeing what we did in Nebraska. When we got to Nebraska, I believe we just – ate at just any regular restaurant i forgot what we ate damn it what did we eat courtney at nebraska i'm surprised you're still talking oh, to each other after oh. that many hours in the car oh we ate at uh nebraska favorite qdoba oh i don't know if you've ever heard that's of where it. the charter franchise is i believe that's where it started yes that's <laughs> i mean that's what mexican food is known for in nebraska so we ate at a qdoba Got some delicious food. I mean, their Qdoba was all right. Yeah. I, mean, we're, we're, I, I think we were arrived in Nebraska late, so there wasn't any local fare available for us. We did, in fact, go to their um, liquor store right next to our place, which is called the Husker Inn, which was highly ranked. Not that great, though. I mean, it was fine. It was clean. It had a good bed, but it was more like a motel than an actual hotel. Like Yelp people lied to us. It was not as good as it should have been. But next door to this Husker Inn was a regular liquor store where a lady was playing video poker, video slots, whatever, in the liquor store on a Saturday evening. And I was like, ooh, that's tough. And Courtney was like, yeah, that's, you know, please, if I ever end up like that. Please leave me immediately. Uh, I was like, don't worry. I'm, I'm, I'm planning on that if you ever even think about that. And then we went and asked the guys, like, hey, is there some Nebraska-type beer out here? You know, something that is 
legendary to this place in in particular. He pointed us to this beer that was just you know tastes like a regular uh, home brew that anybody can make. It was fine, you know. Good job, Nebraskans, for trying to make a beer a little popular. I guess it's more popular in the Lincoln area where the University of Nebraska is at, and people drink that a lot, but. I was unimpressed with the beer. It was, you know, we drank like two each and then went to sleep. And they were having some type of car show on their main strip of downtown North Platte. And I thought it was like people were lined up to see Saturday Night Fireworks. But no, these some bitches were just lined up down the street to watch a classic car show. I'm like, these fucking hicks. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, I guess that, I mean, simple life. Some, they, yeah, they I was like say, that, some they people like it, just live simpler lifestyles, man. Like, you know, I think what this, this other people's cars, that was weird to me. I mean, I shouldn't yuck people's gum, but it was just, dumb yeah, there, to me. there you go. Now you're, now you're coming around. I mean, people in different parts of the country just live differently, man. They like, I, if anything, this COVID thing has, has taught me is like, you know, you know, never underestimate the, like the little simple things in life, you know, which used to, you know, those type of things used to annoy the shit out of me. But now you have to, you know, the little things, if you appreciate it, you know, take time to enjoy it. Like, I, you know, I came from Michigan up there where when I was growing up and it wasn't that long ago. But like, you know, if you're standing on the side of the road in front of the cabin or or someone's house or whatever, like people would wave to you. You know what I mean? Like people are just different in, in other parts of the country. Like they get their kicks differently on Route 66. But how, how long was the drive from Chicago to through Nebraska? Um, We got to North Platte around uh, probably eight or nine so it was like a 10-hour drive Oof. for us. So who's, who's controlling the radio? What are you guys talking about? You guys are, you know, not a new couple, but, you know, been together a little over a year. So, you know, you still have things to talk about. You haven't heard, you know, the, the same story a millionth time. So what, what's, what's going on? What's the vibe like in the car? Yeah, we're doing different things. She's in law school, so she has to still read cases and files i think she's doing constitutional law so she's really pouring through these cases that she has to get ready for her class that was on monday i believe or she had to get ready for uh a file for monday and then another one on wednesday so she pretty much the whole time is reading via her laptop or she's uh, on her cell phone reading that way and then I'm just playing my music. So I'm just playing some level 42, some some biggie, some mace, you know, a little a little variety there, some 80s, some 90s, some early 2000s, some hip hop, some English rock, whatever. But um, enjoying the trip, yelling, screaming, talking uh, the, these whole songs out uh, and or when I'm not yelling and screaming and talking these songs out. <laughs> I'm just thinking about in my head, like, man, this is a good song. I should really uh, change it up and play this playlist from this song instead of just playing the same music I always play. But you know me, I didn't change it up. I'm I'm a stagnant guy as far as my music goes. I like the 300 plus songs I have on my liked list on the Spotify, and I still don't do the Spotify Premium Lady. So stop asking me to do it every yeah. 10 to 20 minutes. I, I understand why she makes those damn things so annoying so I can stop hearing them. So you can buy the nine ninety nine a month thing, which Courtney has. I could just use her Spotify. But I was like, no, it's the principle of it. I'm going to use my phone, listen to the music I listen to, and then uh, 
hit North Platte where we can. And um, it was enjoyable. That first 10 hours was pretty easy. I uh, was bored, but it was I was energetic. I had a nice night of sleep the day before, so I didn't feel like uh, it was a drag. The, the, the ride went pretty smooth with the music being kind of fresh in my mind. It was, you know, the, by the third day, my music was kind of making myself kind of bored. Yeah. So but that first day I was like, man, this is excellent. So the, the total trip, we'll get to the next leg in a second, but the total driving time, total dashboard time, or if you want to break it down through miles, which whatever you is in your um, fresh in your head, how long are we talking here? About 2000 miles oh, and about 30 hours. Oh, Jesus. So any, I'm driving. Go ahead. Any, any run-ins with the law uh, in those 30 hours? zero wow there was barely cops well you're you're not like me then i had i had a little incident on my way up to michigan what'd you do hey why are you assuming that it's that that i did something wrong you're profiling you're speeding out here (laughs) well herb (laughs) you know uh my rule of thumb typically is you go on the left lane drive about 85 you know if someone wants to pass you let them move over so they can pass you but if you if you stay about 85 miles an hour you can pretty much drive as long as you want, as far as you want, and you're not going to get stopped, okay? As long as you're not being reckless out here. But I broke my own rule. Uh, so something happened in the car. I think the, my kid dropped her, her her book that she was working on in the car. Like it was, We had got like a car activity set for her, and something fell or something, and I wasn't paying attention. So I missed the cop on the side of the road, right? And he clocked me mm-hmm. at 86 in a, in a seven, mm-hmm. 86 in a 70, okay? He, only, he was cool though like he only wrote me up for like one to five over the the speed limit right so you know of course you know gives the whole first of all you know pull over and he, he comes on the wife's side of the car and before he even like gets to the car she's like going through the glove box trying to find everything i'm like hey would you just chill for a second like just just cool out this is why some of these cops flip out sometimes because you're like going through all, all this stuff in the car before they ask you for it so i was like just cool out here like you know what i mean but he was cool and he said you know you know i pulled you over i said i'm gonna guess it was speeding so he was cool from that point. Just you know, if you, if you just admit what you did, and it's usually going to go pretty smoothly after that. So it's because like that sort of sets the tone for what's going to go down after that. So he's like, okay, well, I'll write you up for one to five miles per hour over. So you know that was on our way up there. So that wasn't a great start to the trip, but I broke my own rule of of doing uh doing uh, faster than 85 in the left lane and i was distracted with the family in the car and i, I missed the cop usually i have that laser focus uh you know i could spot him a mile away and sort of slow down a little bit but it was not the case so what happens is they write you the citation you've got 10 days to contact the court and, and let them know what you're going to do you know pay the fine or admit guilt or whatever so i forgot about it because like we were up there for like a week and you know it was like all right well it, you know, we'll deal with it when we get back home, but you forget how long you're gone for. So a couple of days ago, it was coming up on the 10th day. So I pull out the ticket from the car and I was like, all right, basically I'm like, where can I go to pay this thing right now? I have no problem paying it. I was in the wrong. Let's just get it over with. You know, finances are back in order after the vacation. Let's, let's settle this right now. So you're flipping through the citation and you can't find anything on there anywhere about where to go to pay for it. All of a sudden they're talking about, you have to have your, your che- you have to call the court first and you have to have your check postmarked by the date that's on the ticket, 
within 10 days or else, you know, they're going to suspend your license. Like, wait, 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 wait a second. Wait a second here. I just want to pay the ticket and be done with it. You know, you like mm-hmm. city of Chicago. They're just like, Hey, look at you here in front of this red light, or here's you going, you know, 32 in a 30 school zone or a park zone. Here's where you go to pay your fine. And then that, that's the end of it, you know, and they just collect their money and everyone moves on with their, with their life. But so I was able to, to Google, this is up in, in uh, Niles, Michigan. This is Michigan state police. So I look up the County, in Michigan online and see and thankfully there was a place where I can go to pay for it online but you know that's that certainly wasn't the the, the, the right tone setter uh, to, to start the vacation when you get pulled over because then you get to arguing with the wife on what you know who was wrong and this and that and why was why did I not see the cop and why was I going so fast and the cop kept saying the entire time he's like I know I got gotcha. you keeping up with the speed of traffic flow of traffic which I was because there was at never at any point where there was daylight in front of me. Yes, I was excited to get out of Dodge and get up to Michigan, but there was never any point where I was like, I got, I got open road ahead of me. I was always trying to get from you know behind someone or moving around someone or moving over so someone could pass me. I was definitely keeping up with the flow of traffic, but it is what it is. It, it could have gone a lot worse, obviously, but yes, yeah, you're lucky then to, to cover that many square miles without having to get a citation. So knock on wood on the way back, you're in the clear on that one, but just watch out. Maybe that was because I was coming off of a holiday weekend and they know mm-hmm. people from Chicago or are dying to get out of the big city. So maybe that was part of it too, but yeah, so you're, you're, you're lucky. So, so muzzle tough on that one. Yeah. I feel like there was, I probably saw, three to four cops on the whole trip and they were pretty much chilling or pulling other people over. So I wasn't going extremely fast. My thing is be fast, but not the fastest. So right. I'm in the, the, the race with all the rest of the people in the left lane and switching <laughs> over back into the regular lane. But I'm, if the cop is going to be pulling people over, he's going to be pulling off the people in front of me. Usually it's like two or three other cars that are faster than I am and setting the pace. And I usually just put it in cruise control as long as they're straight away and no dumb drivers. They're just clogging up the left lane, the passing lane. I can cruise for a while. So I was uh, doing that the most of the time, but the second leg of the trip is where the trip got excellent. So, All right, go ahead. um, we Nebraska, North Platte, Nebraska is like right on the edge of that in Colorado. So it stays boring at the beginning of Colorado. So it's like cows, cows, plains and such from Nebraska until you enter into Colorado. And then you start hitting these mountains or you hit Denver first and you see the mountains in the background and it's beautiful. We stopped by a local restaurant. Uh, it's kind of like a. Um, it was kind of like a Qdoba type of place, but more for um, chickpeas. I think it was called Garbanzos. The uh, the the restaurant's called Garbanzos, so we got a nice, healthy lunch in us in the Denver area. Then you continue on and just mountains. Like if you're scared of driving regularly, these mountains would freak you out because they're right on on the side of you but to me it's just beautiful it's like a different topography it's different like you didn't know like you know mountains are there but to go through a whole state with the beauty of the colorado river riding alongside of you trains mountains on both sides 
and just looking at everything, um, like you didn't know that this earth had this type of beauty inside of it. And Colorado, like that is a state that you want to drive through. It's just, man, it's not, it's hard to describe. It's just so like breathtaking. You fly over it and you're like, I get it. They're mountains, but to drive (laughs) through them, to go through the tunnels, to see the picturesque, uh, Colorado River and then like the old school trains going alongside you and just uh, like sometimes there's portions you're just going 35 miles per hour and winding down some mountain and you're just view after view after view and it's just like one's better than the next and that was for hours of that just straight mountains then Utah it's got the same mountains kind of but it's not as picturesque um well yeah they boring the, actually that's my biggest re- in Utah. one of my big regrets traveling is when we went to denver a few years back and you know we didn't take extra time i know you know we everyone had their own circumstance so we you know we were going for a short amount of time just to catch some baseball and do other recreational activities but our man brian gertz who works at, at the scores digital department he does the live broadcast feed he's actually in colorado right now and he's big into the outdoors and he did the outdoor trip when we were in Denver at the same time. And mm-hmm. that's a really regret not exploring more nature because that's one of the great parts about this country is that it's so big and there's so many different places like that. And even you talk about the national parks, like I've been watching this uh, Ken Burns documentary about the national park system and how it they, it's called America's greatest idea. And the, the fact that, you know, Americans, we destroy everything and we ruin everything. But the, the fact that someone had the foresight back in the day to say, we're going to take this and we're going to preserve it for future generations. And it's basically you own it. If you're uh, an American citizen or if you're traveling through America, this is yours right here. You you own this and this is part of, of your legacy just as much as it is the country's. And it's really a, a great concept. And I, I, t- I talked to you about this, but like, you know, with with not being able to do our baseball trip this year, I thought, I was like, man, it would be great to do a different type of park trip, not a baseball park, but uh, a national parks trip and start doing that. And then you saw the video of the bisons rolling up on people's automobiles. And uh, I believe, great. I believe you said, nah, I'm good on that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm great. I mean, you know, people are just all calm and rolling down windows and shit. Like these fucking things are pets and shit. I, man, I, and there's a story I can tell you uh, about uh, when I got to San Diego, I was almost got my wish of people getting their comeuppance from animals, but it didn't happen. But, <laughs> Yeah, Colorado's great. Utah's got mountains, but they're not the same. It's boring. It's mountains forever until you get to civilization. I like we drove hours before we got to a gas station. We were happy as hell to see like the mountains you see, and there's no one in the mountains. No one lives there. Like Colorado, there's people who live in the hills, and there's people who live in mountainous areas. And when you don't have that, you still have you know Vale or Breckenridge or other places that you can get off. And by the way, I forgot to tell you, like when we're in Colorado, there was a little cub. So not like a small Chicago cub, but a a small bear. Augie Ojeda was there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just like on the side of the road. And I was like, people better not fuck with that small bear. Oh yeah. Because the mama bear is not too far away. Turns out when we got to our destination in St. George, Utah, we looked it up. That bear and another one, another small cub, 
lost their mother a couple of days before, and now they've been wandering the highway, I-70, since then, just looking, foraging for food and stuff like that. So, well, we sm- saw that bear. He had been out there for two days or on the roads for two days without his mom because his mom got hit by a car a couple of days before that. So that was very sad. It was very odd to see an animal like that. It was the first time I seen a bear not in a uh, zoo or any area like that out in the wild. It was very, very odd and it was exciting too at the trip. I think we're close to the Vale area and Courtney had been there and and so we shared some stories about what she had done when she was in Vale at that time. But Utah's boring and it's like forever and but the mountains are nice, but it's like no one's there. It's like I get it, mountains. Can you show me something else? And finally <laughs> we stopped at a gas station filled up and Utah doesn't, you know, believe in or at least that part doesn't believe in mass the Two patrons or two workers behind the counters, they're like, nah, we're not wearing masks. We had a couple with us close to, like, it's had Illinois plates, and the guy was wearing dreads. I was like, wow, white dude wearing dreads, that's very unusual. <laughs> but he had his mask on, so did his girlfriend. I was good, to, I was happy to see that. I was gonna say to him, I was like, um, chickity bop bop, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? <laughs> My youth. Uh, my youth but he he probably wouldn't say anything like that but yeah it was weird to see a white dude with dreads as out of the element but he was wearing a mask so i was very happy to see him bears on the side of the road white dudes with dreads you really are experiencing nature at a high level out here on vacation you're living your best life here this this is the thing out here it's it's weird the road trips are very very odd it was we were not like truly bored but the scenery wasn't um, it doesn't change after a while in Utah until we got to that place. And then we finally, like, we didn't see any major cities. So we didn't go past Salt Lake City or Provo or any of the ones that you know Utah for. All the ones we went to, like, we finished up in St. George, Utah, which is in a desert. And it was 104 degrees when we got out of the car at 10 o'clock at night. It was hot as shit. Yeah. I was so surprised. I saw on the thing, on the weather app, that it was going to be 104 degrees. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. It's Utah. How hot could it be? Yeah, it was hot. And that dry heat bullshit was garbage. It was hot, hot. And humidity felt like a 1,000 degrees. It felt like an oven when I got out of the car because we had the AC going. And I was like, ugh, this is terrible. But the hotel... Uh, like we stayed in Cleveland, the Dan Hampton Inn and Suites. That's right. Excellent. He, Hi, he does look, a good welcome job. Welcome to the Dan Hampton Inn and Suites. Free con- <laughs> continental breakfast in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. It was delicious. The room was great. It was clean. The people behind the desk at St. George, Utah, wearing masks, observing the social distance, um, when we woke up in the morning, I went to go and get breakfast, and there's the line markers of six feet distance. And usually at a continental breakfast, they're sending, you know, they got the toast machine, they got the waffle station, they got the fruit. Yeah, and none those, of that anymore. Vegetables, all that. Exactly. There's just a lady at a table. She asks you what you want. There's a list of items you can choose from, and she goes back and gets them for you and brings them. She's got a mask on. Her name was Karen. I was like, hey. You've been in the news lately a lot. So I appreciate you don't act like those ladies 
who are in these news uh, clips on Twitter and such. She Herb, was very nice. They say that sent her a dollar too. Oh, that's very nice of you. They say that's the worst thing you can call someone is Karen. I'd have to agree. I, I've um, seen that. It's like it's like the N word. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I shouldn't be saying it all this time. Yeah. So it's funny because you mentioned you know you, I'm thinking about you staying in these hotels and you know every state is different to sort of the way that people are operating. So I I didn't tell you, but we ended up staying. After after my parents broke out in uh, Michigan last Thursday, we spent we decided to say you know what let's spend another night somewhere because we didn't want to come back to the problems of the big city and the problems of the world really because you know you know you couldn't help but but look at the news and see things deteriorate around you in other states and things are not necessarily getting better so we we're like you know what we're just gonna stay another night up in Traverse City so you know that was a weird experience for us because. We felt like we were cool in our Airbnb. We were in our, in someone's guest house, basically. So we didn't. We had very little interaction with other people and people up in Northern Michigan, like in Glen Arbor and Leelanau County and Leland. They, everyone was down. They were they were on board with the masks. Everyone was taking it seriously because they they'd have to because it's part of their livelihood up there. And for the most part, all the tourists there, you know, they're coming from the city too, so they're they're on board with the mask thing. So we felt very comfortable. But then you know we stayed at a at a uh, at a hotel up in in Traverse City, and that's when things got a little little dicey. It's always weird when you change your surroundings, especially in this climate. But like you know, you got older people working at the desk, and they're not wearing masks, like not because of of you know ignorance or you know malice, but they just you know they're older and they forget that it's part of the thing you have to do now. Like they've gone like seventy years of their life without having to do this shit, and now all of a sudden they have to put it on when someone walks in. You know what I mean? So like little clunky things like that. But we ended up staying there because we had to to, to get a place with a pool because uh, my daughter mm-hmm. just fell in love with the pool up there. So we decided to get a place with the pool. And so there were moments where it was like, uh, we're only here to, to have another night with the pool. But you go down to the pool and there's like, you know, dozens of people down there. It's like, yeah, mm. probably, well, let's wait for the morning or at, late at night. So we went out, had a late dinner. We'd come back. The pool was 24 hours, which was nice. So, we, oh, man, yeah, that's, yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. So we go out for a late dinner, come back and then go to the pool. I don't care, kids. Stay up as late as you want. It's fine with us. You know, like you know, have have fun. That's why we're here doing this. So and then get up early in the morning and do the same thing again. But, yeah, that was it was weird. That was like the only part about my trip, you know, that I was ever worried about. Uh, maybe we shouldn't have done that. That didn't feel like the, the not unsafe, but it just didn't feel like the, the smartest thing. The smartest thing you can always do is nothing and just go back home. But we decided we were having such a good time. So that's why, you know, when I got tested, that's one of the things I kept thinking about. I was like, oh, that extra night up in Traverse City, which is not necessarily a hotbed, but you just think of being around more people than than normal people coming from different parts of the country and things like that. But everything was was all good. So I couldn't imagine what the uh, anxiety level was like for you going to some of these places, having to stay multiple nights in different states. That had to have been a, a weird thing for you. Um. Yeah, but we're we're pretty away from people. We've got the social distance. We have masks and the Nebraska place was outside. So it's an outside entering um, door. So it was just us. The person who showed us through our room was wearing a mask. We didn't see a lot of people in that state. We were sitting at our Husker End hotel. Go ahead and look it up, guys. It's not that great. <laughs> I thought it was going to be better. But no, North Platte does not have great hotels. I sh- should have looked up a, like a, uh, a Hampton Inn, which on the way back, we're going to be staying at a Hampton Inn because the trip to St. George treated me so well. Like I remember our 
suite in Cleveland. It was $99 for three people in a pretty big-ass suite that we sat in. It was like me and you had our own beds, and Brendan was on the other side of the room in a pull-out couch. Yeah. For $99, you couldn't beat it. I it was, was awesome. With the very breakfast. Very impressed. Yeah. yeah, it was great. Yeah. Did right in downtown Cleveland. So I should have known that Hampton Inn is doing some good things. But not in every town is these Hampton Inns <laughs> great. So I had to get one. And we're coming back and we're doing New Mexico and I believe Tulsa. So I got the Hampton Inn in Tulsa, but not the one in New Mexico. I had to go with the Best Western Plus. So, yeah, I've realized that these hotels are hit, or, hit and miss as far as when you get into the hotel, what they're going to be in, like mask-wise. That's why we're not staying in Arizona because the whole state is messed yeah, up. Yeah, we're just crossing the border to New Mexico, where their COVID cases are lesser, and the city we're staying in doesn't seem like they have an outbreak. And even if like there was something, we're coming in very late and we're leaving pretty early in the morning. Yeah. So I feel no anxiety in regards to uh, staying in these hotels. They're pretty clean, and when we do get into a room. We're wiping everything down. We have antibiotics, antibiotics, antibacterial <laughs> wipes. We have hand sanitizer. We have all the stuff. We have these air effects things that are supposed to capture all the uh, dirty air in the air. I don't think they get all of it, but whatever. Yeah. But we're very safe as far as when we get into a place that we're unfamiliar with. We'll wipe that down. Like we've been having picnics here in san diego when we eat food we take take it out and if we're not eating it here in the airbnb we go out to a bench and then wipe that bench down make sure it's sanitary for us to eat it outside and just have a good time uh in one of them was balboa park and the other one was where i used to live in uh imperial beach so we were just having a good time and making sure that we are safe and that everybody around us is safe while we're uh, enjoying some food so it's not a, a straight shot per se. Uh, did you guys stop through Vegas on your way to San Diego? We didn't stop at Vegas. We went through it. So we're alongside the the 15 goes through Las Vegas. So we stopped at the Love's uh, gas station before that because we both had to use the restroom. But once we got past that, we were pretty much cruising throughout uh, i'm trying to think our next stop so we took pictures of the strip we took pictures of the buildings the new raiders stadium is getting built. That, it still yeah. looks like there's cranes there and there's supposed to be football in like a month and a half well so. yeah i mean a lot of these places had to stop stop work orders because of coronavirus so yeah who knows i mean um they might still have to be in oakland i don't well, know it looks it the outside the exterior looks good it looks like it's i like done. it yeah but it looks cool those yeah. trains still everywhere um i don't know if you heard today but the the nationals are looking for a place to play their home opener against the yankees because dc has the coronavirus quarantine re uh, regulations going so they they don't have a place to play opening day yet so they're looking at like fredericksburg and some of the surrounding places around D.C. to play opening night, which is a, a week from tonight that we're recording this. So, yeah. Why can't they go to Baltimore? Well, that's Is Baltimore the, playing at the same time? Well, that's no, because well, they may be playing a series at the same time, but not on the same night. You know, the first night they should be able to. I was saying yeah. as long as they don't go to Iowa and play in the Field Dreams place, I, I'm, I'm cool with that. Well, just don't do that. But 
So, you know, we're, we're, we're just gabbing away like a couple of hens here uh, in the sewing circle. But so what was the uh, the Padres uh, inner squad uh, practice game like? I saw you guys took took in that with that, that great outfield area that you can basically watch the game from from just walking around in the neighborhood there at Petco. What was that like? Yeah, we went on, I believe that was Tuesday. We arrived on Monday. We went on Tuesday and we got there like at one or two, no, one o'clock and we just sat in the center field, like you were saying. And there was a, some activity. So there was a second baseman doing some work. We didn't know if it was Jerickson Profar or the guy they just got from Oakland who had coronavirus, but as uh, Mateo, I think his last name is, who has uh, surpassed that. They had just released Brian Dozier, so it wasn't him. And then Manny Machado comes out, and the reason why I knew it was Manny Machado is because he had that baby blue tank top on with some white shorts and some white compression uh, pants on, just like he had a couple weeks ago when he was doing batting practice. I was like, man, Manny's out there doing work, but he was doing base running work which is very odd that second base he was just getting leads and then stealing third real quick and talking to a coach about like what he's doing it looked like a coach at least to me like it didn't look like he was showing this player how to do it it looked like the coach was giving Manny tips on how to approach stealing third or getting a good lead off a second and then getting explosion to round third base and you just would do it, and then on his way back from third, back to second, he would look at the big screen at because it was a little delayed and see if he got a good jump or not. And he just did that for about 20, 30 minutes. And who else did we see? Uh, we saw Josh Naylor, who's a backup first baseman for them, just doing a couple drills at first base. So initially, I thought it was Eric Hosmer, but it, the hair was way too short. It was Josh Naylor just doing picking picking drills at first base and then let's see Francisco Mejia the backup catcher was doing some catcher drills but they didn't do an inner squad game maybe that day they were just practicing individuals were just practicing all day long it was good to see the atmosphere was great the weather was clear 75 sunny not a cloud in the sky but Courtney got sunburned that day which is odd because I'm the one who put on sunscreen that day you know, our dynamic is I'm a black man and Courtney is white. And I put on the sunscreen. She did not. And she got sunburned that day really badly. So she's trying to be like me now. She's like as dark as I am. No, she isn't. Uh, she's, trying, she's trying to get black. But that's the one of the worst things ever when you're when you're with the girlfriend or significant other and they get sunburned. Oh, it's just it's just awful. It's really yeah. just it's one of the worst things. Uh, we our our daughter got a little 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 sun kissed uh, on on the vacation too, but because she was in the pool all damn day, so the water you know the sun reflecting off the water, no matter how much sunscreen you put on her, like you know it's just it's it's highly reflective. So like you know there's nothing you could do about mm-hmm. it really. You know if they, especially when they don't want to get out of the pool, so they got to learn their lesson. You know what I mean? Get a little sunburn for you, but it was fine. You know I I tried to get some sun. I couldn't really like you know you 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 put I have to put sunblock on or else I will burn to a crisp. So you put a little on and hope to get a little bit like on your arms and stuff. But you know I, I couldn't. It was unsuccessful. But it is what it is. They say the vitamin D is is good for you for the immune system. So I think I, I got enough here. Then 
So, but yeah, it's, it sounds like you guys are having a great time out there. And more importantly, you guys got my beer. So that, that's all I really care about. Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, if you guys haven't been to San Diego, what are you waiting for? And the road trip was because of coronavirus. We we can do like we can control that aspect. We don't have people in uh, a metal 10, 35,000 feet up in the air, not practicing social distancing, not wearing masks. And, you know, I can't, you know, this air is circulating back throughout the plane. I can't, you know, control that. So what I can control is us two being in the car. We live with each other and wearing masks when we're out really quickly. You know, uh, when we're pumping gas, we're wearing uh, gloves or we're just having uh, something over the the pump. So when we have community services that we have to touch, we're staying safe. So if you guys want to come to San Diego, I encourage you, if you have the time, it's yes, it's going to be six days of driving from going to going from coming to going back that's fine if you have enough time to do that i would highly advise you to do it maybe not in this area because i've been informed that maybe when i come back i got a quarantine for a certain amount of time because of california it's not bad here in san diego i just you know the whole state is getting it's like the illinois chicago thing like chicago is different from the rest of the state of illinois San Diego is much different from the rest of the state of California. They've had better success with containing the coronavirus, and the spread hasn't been as much here as it is in the other counties like L.A. County, Orange County, all those things. Um, but so I'll be quarantining maybe for a couple days back in Chicago. But well, uh, I mean, I feel, why I feel nothing wrong with me, and I've not been anywhere we're near anybody here so right i mean we're uh we're really good I, on uh staying safe i saw that you know it's on our, our road sign here on in 94 you're going downtown and they they still have that reminder up like if you're coming from one of these other states like you know quarantine mandated two weeks but i'm just wondering like couldn't you just get a test like either when you know when you get back home and shouldn't that be sufficient like you know i know it's the law but you know because they can't tell someone like go out and get a test immediately you know what i mean like they can't yeah. regulate that so all they can do is recommend that you quarantine for two weeks but couldn't you just get tested and you'd be good to go you know, once you find out the results yeah i mean we got a test before we left right. we wanted to have a baseline to see hey we're we're healthy in illinois when we come back we're gonna get a test that was our plan all along all right. get a test on the monday wake up really early i think the testing facility that you and i have gone to uh, separately uh, we do everything to like together. Seven. We do podcasts together. <laughs> we go get tested together, and we work together in the same room all day. We do everything all day. <laughs> so that opens at seven. So we're gonna wake up early on that Monday, drive out to that with the Harlem Irving area, and get a test that day. That took us four days that last time to get our results back. I've heard it's been quicker. You got your Ooh, results back quicker dude, than that. So I waited three so, hours, three hours to get my test last oof. Saturday. I went I didn't go right when they opened. I went at like around seven thirty in the morning thinking I'd be smooth. Then, you know, it just it's it's basically that you know the U.S. Army personnel doesn't run the place anymore. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with the with the smoothness of it uh, of of the of the transactions, but it it took me three hours just to get the test. And I will say though it was less invasive. I, I didn't even ask you if you had the full 
nasal cavity yeah. swab. They just did the quick swab in each nostril this time when I went, which I was cool with, but I also felt like I was shortchanged a little bit because I built myself up into thinking, here we go, here we go, getting that Q-tip swab all the way up to my brain again, and then it just never happened, so. Yeah, I heard you say that on episode 46. Oh, yeah, they thanks only, for listening. Because like, I know that your, your description, I, when you came in that after that, you're like, yeah, they like touching your brain with that damn Q-tip. <laughs> I was like, oh, I got myself prepared for that. And so when they just like went to the back of my nose, I was like, man, that feels actually good. And then the <laughs> other side, it's like, man, let's go. That's it. And I drove out. I was like, let's go. This shit is great now. Yeah. It's, COVID, is, COVID tests are excellent. I'm yeah. Like, it's my favorite thing to do. Love a COVID test every once in a while. Get, yeah. it, get it just for fun. Maybe I had just like a, a sadomasochist, you know, army personnel who just like to inflict pain and, you know, but this is very early on in the process, but yeah, man, I, Looking forward to, to seeing you back here soon and uh, c- come back here and, uh, and and record after after you get those test results. <laughs> uh, let's see how 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 let's see how long I can wait. I'm holding off on it. What do I want first to to see you and have some beer or make sure everything is safe? But I never I don't know if I ever asked you. So I think I know why. But if you love San Diego so much, like why did you end up leaving there and coming back to Chicago? If things were going pretty well for you when you were out there, no. So how come you yeah. decided to leave? My whole plan initially when I was to go out there is like I want no regrets to have something like I wanted to do still on my bucket list. So I was like, hey, give it a year, a full year after a year. Decide if you want to stay or leave. And I wanted to stay. But the one thing that I did not expect is to miss my family as much as I do. I don't see my family in before I moved to San Diego or after more than five times a year, if that. So holidays, a birthday, a Mother's Day, and an occasional just dropping in. Because I live in the city. They all live in, like, the suburbs, Wheaton, Bloomingdale, Sycamore. So when I live out in San Diego, when it's not a 30 to 45-minute drive out or a, a hour or two train ride out, and it's four-hour flight where you can't get, you know, that common – um, especially when you're just, you know, it's not, you know, cheap. It's like $300, $400. That is a thing. Like, it, you take for granted the proximity of your family. You take for granted that they're there. You Like, one of my former girlfriend's mothers had died that year, and I was like, I would feel terrible. Like, my mom's not in, t- in bad health. She's not in dire health, knock on wood, and not at that time either. So... I was like, I would feel terrible if I was somewhere else and my mom or my sisters or somebody in my family was to pass or get ill. And then I'm just out there and I can't get back and or I can't you know, see them for the last couple of moments or something like that. I would feel terrible. So I was like, you know what? I've done this. It's marked off my list. I love the city. I love the people I've met out here. But, you know, the, the, the itch has been scratched. I don't, I would be great to live out here forever, but also I love Chicago. I love Chicago sports and I love my family. So I, I miss my family more than I miss than more than I love being in San Diego. And this trip has been in the making. Like I've always wanted to come back like every, like I wouldn't say every day I think about San Diego, but pretty often I think about this city is cause it's just undefeated. If you've been here, you know it, you know how great it is and you know, I love sports, and still they only have one professional team, and still 
uh, enjoyable time to be in this city and how friendly the people are, the vibrance, the food, everything about the city I love. And so uh, I can do this trip maybe once every two or three years and get my itch scratch for San Diego. But, you know, you can't replace family. You can't do the one thing, one uh, time a year with family. I don't feel I can uh, type of thing. So as long as my family's here, alive, healthy, well, and to be able to see them, I'm going to be in the city of Chicago and uh, hopefully, hopefully for a long time to see them and, you know, be able to be just close enough so I can, you know, pop in every once in a while, say what's up, that type of thing. You know, because being on the phone and FaceTime and stuff, that doesn't satiate it for me. But, you know, if it does it for you, that's God bless. I just couldn't do it. I'm a, I'm a mama's boy and I'm a homeboy. I realized that when I moved. I thought I was independent and can do all that stuff, but... You know, you miss your family really badly. I, I remember one time, and sorry to ramble on this, I was driving here in San Diego, and a song came on. It's The song is called My Sharia More by Stevie Wonder. You guys have heard it. And my sister's name is Cherie, but it's not spelled the same way. And I was just bawling, like, for no reason. Like, I heard the name, I heard the song, the song I've heard thousands of times, but the fact that it, she was away and we were away, it just, man, it hit me hard. I was like, ah. Oh just hurts and so i was like i gotta go back home eventually and so i and like since i haven't seen my sister sheree that person in months now so that's the thing like i'm here i mean when i'm in chicago i take that for granted and so i just think that you know proximity she'll always be here she's always been here so the fact that she's so close i can always do that so uh it's a it's a good reminder that to me that you need to go and see your family. You need to visit them, enjoy them while they're here because they're them or I won't be here forever. So that's why I moved back. Well, it's well said. And certainly if you have the opportunity to travel, I, I can vouch for San Diego as well as if Herb's very solid endorsement there wasn't good enough. What, one of the things I'll always remember is you're down in the little Italy area, which is right there off the ocean. It's by the USS Midway Museum and you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's near Coronado and, you know, you're, you're going down there and there's a lot of great restaurants and places to, to visit and shops and right, you're right there on the ocean and then you, you park your car and it's like, that'll be 75 cents, sir, but that'll only get you like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, like you're like you can't even you literally can't even work downtown and park at a meter all day for eight hours for your shift, or else you'll you'll you'll, you'll it'll be a loss for you. You'll you'll be in the loss column in terms of the money that you'll spend in a parking meter in terms of what you'll make at work. You know what I mean? So I just always found that funny. It's one of my favorite parts. But yeah, man, San Diego, absolutely beautiful, and uh, we certainly miss you back here. And we got plenty of things to talk about in episode forty-eight and this this exhibition game that the Sox played tonight was a lot of fun. I want to talk about that. Yohan Moncada's back. Dallas Keuchel is saying odd things, as well as your man Jerry Reinsdorf. He's saying things as well. So we'll get to that in episode 48. But that's all I got tonight, Herbie. It's good to talk to you. Good to talk to you too, Tanny. And uh, thank you for listening to episode 47. I know that uh, this is not necessarily about White Sox baseball. It's about my trip out here to San Diego. And I appreciate you making it this far but if you have a question for Tannehill and I it is at locked on well locked on socks at gmail.com our twitter handle is at locked on socks I'm at Ecknerwall23 
Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill on Twitter and Instagram. That's right. Before we get out of here, Herbie, make sure you tell your smart speaker to play Locked On MLB. That's right. The Locked On Network has a great MLB show. All the big picture stuff that we're talking about leading up to opening day. They've got a great podcast breaking it all down. So tell your smart speaker right now to play Locked On MLB. All right. For Chris Tannehill, I am Herb Lawrence. Thank you for listening to episode number 47 of Locked On Socks.